I got three placements off Twitch, bro. Like a young boy, the DC Marvel joint, and then some shit that ain't even out yet. Like you could just get some easily placed on there. Like if you don't have no big placements, you shouldn't be doing like paid collabs because like you selling these people a dream. If you send me a loop and I work on it, go crazy on it, throw some drums on it. As much as I appreciate you sending me the music, you gotta let me lead on the business. Like don't be getting an email threads and saying, but I made the music, I deserve this and that. Don't fight me about this, but I feel like Drill is ruining the artist sampling. They sampling every song and they putting these trash ass raps over it, like. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. This is Producer Grind. Now today, this is a very, it's different, it's special. It's different and it's special. First off, we got OG Parker. What's up with you, bro? What's happening? What's happening? And we got JB in the cut. What's good? How you doing? Now, this is your second time with us, right? You know, you already know. Y'all family, I had to come back through. So ever since then, bro, we on like four, five different runs, bro. So we had to bring him back. We got to talk about that. But that's not it, though. Today, we got Mimi. From Producer Culture. Um... Y'all know me from Producer Talk too on Producer Culture Channel. But yeah, let's do this. Now, before we get into the interview, man, let's just give a round of applause to Mimi, man. She just went for two for two for a beat battle in Atlanta. You know, I love them. So, yes, sir. Let's give a round of applause. Yes, sir. Miss Unbeatable, for sure. But OG Parker, man, let's get straight into it. So, let's go ahead and talk about you on your goddamn DJ college shit, man. You got to go <laughs> crazy with it. Like, talk about that. Yeah, for sure. Any college, man, book me. You know what I'm saying? We going to all these college shows all around the world, just turning up. I got a couple people that I be bringing with me, like my brother's, one of my artists, Magnell, he come with me. Sometimes I bring DJ Tone, my brother DJ Chapo, and we just really go out there and just get lit for real. So as far as like, Migos was like your biggest like personal relationship placement? Oh uh, yeah, I like popping it off, yeah, for sure. I would say now, I kind of been working with a lot of other artists and like kind of building my relationships up. So as far as like producers, like what would y'all say is like, Cause I mean, you got like decade producers like Southside, Metro, who you know ten could go on twenty years. But then for like average producer lifespan, it's really like small now. It's like three five years. Like a producer get a big hit, and you might not hear from that nigga again. So like, how do you like just stay relevant throughout your career? I feel like networking is probably like the key to success with that. Cause like I try to like when I work with artists, I want to build a relationship with them. So like I want them to call me back to the studio. I don't want to just send them some beats and then they go through the pack, maybe make a song. It don't make the album and then it's dead. Like I'd rather like, you know what I'm saying, stay in contact. Like, oh, you good? Just check in on them. You know what I'm saying? And then like, yo, I got another pack for you. And just kind of like stay consistent. I feel that. So for the new viewers who don't know OG Parker, don't know the story, go ahead and talk about like yo, come up real quick again. Yeah, so you know, I kind of came in uh through OG Mako. Me and my boy Deco, we kind of was just working with OG Mako. He got signed to QC, brought us up there. And then we kind of just kind of kept working with everybody in QC, Richard Kidd, Cinco. Uh, Migos and like I ended up getting signed to QC and it's kind of just been like a family thing since then. Like you know a lot of producers say that they build relationships but like what do you do to build relationships? I feel like you kind of just kind of like bring the energy like uh, like growing up like I watched a lot of producer sessions and like I feel like a lot of the things like I noticed was that like Pharrell brought the energy to the session like you know what I'm saying he was in there with Justin Timberlake jumping up and down and like they having fun making the music like it's a whole movie. Like I don't, you don't want to just go in a session, just sit there quietly on a laptop and just press play. Like you kind of want to like control the whole session and bring your vibe and like give input and kind of like you know what I'm saying. Just make it like your whole own experience. You ever had like one of them situations where somebody does something like to the extreme to get your attention? As in like, uh, like a producer in the doing work and they just go to the extreme. They might give you a crazy amount of money or just do something crazy. Uh, no, nah, not really. Really. Okay. Like what you mean, like? I didn't have somebody like pull up on me and like give me a whole script. You know what I'm saying? Like it's crazy shit. 
Yeah, I mean, like, just like, for instance, like, last night at Mimi Battle, like, a lot of producers kind of came up to me, but, like, they kind of did it the right way. Like, you know, hey, I'm an up-and-coming producer. I'd like to work with you. Can I send you some loops? Let me get your email. Like, they don't really come up to me like, bro, can I pull up on you tomorrow? Like, Y'all ever seen this clip saying. before, bro? Nigga said... <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> Who is that? I think it was on the that is crazy. <laughs> no, definitely, I need to see that. <laughs> you got to send that to my phone. That's how I'll probably be on your Instagram. Dude, <laughs> Bro, I'm about to put it. Nah, nah. <laughs> yeah. be on it. They just be like, can I load you up with some loops type vibe? Like, how can a producer like stand up though? Because like everybody do that now. So like, how do you pick? Like, oh yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work with you. Yeah, because, like, you know, I I manage a couple of producers and stuff, too. So, like, I tell them, like, you kind of got to just let your work, fe- like, speak for yourself. So, like, I, I realize, like, if I open somebody's pack and I like, like, five out of the eight loops you send, I'm going to hit you up on IG. Be like, hey, bro, keep sending me. Load me up. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I feel like the first thing is make sure you're sending your best stuff. Like, don't send no mediocre stuff. Make sure you send, like, if you're sending your stuff to uh, Southside of Metro Boom and something like that, Send your five best loops you've ever made in your life that you can stand on and you confident on. I think that's the biggest thing. Like, how selective are you with your loops? Cause like, I see like, I remember on the, the last session we did at um at Lush, like you went through like twenty loops and I was Literally, like, all these shits is hard. Like, you're real selective. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm super picky though. But like, I'm not always like that. You know what I'm saying? But sometimes like, if I know I'm cooking up for like a specific reason, like uh, I'll say like I was just working with Bryson Tiller, uh, like last week. So like for the pat the two weeks prior to that, I was kind of only looking for some R and B stuff. Like you know what I'm saying. So somebody might send me a crazy trap loop, but like I wasn't really on that for the week or two. So it kind of just depends on the mood I'm in. So what's the like most awkward studio session you ever had? All right, so this is crazy. Real talk. People gonna think I'm lying. I'm gonna tell you this is crazy. All right, so one time, I had just did Wild and Out, so I had the Wild and Out shirt on. I went straight to QC from Wild and Out. So I pull up the QC. It's two chains, Cardi B, Lil Baby, Offset, Quavo. It's a whole bunch of people in the room. So I'm in the other room. Quavo come give me like, hey, play some beats real quick. So I go in there. When I tell you, I play every single beat on my computer. Like I'm just digging through. Like I'm Damn. just trying to find something else. Like niggas ain't saying nothing. That nigga Lil Baby said, damn Parker, you wildin' out for real. <laughs> Damn. It was, it was so bad. Cardi B was like, stop, don't do him like that. Like, she trying to be like nice. She's like, don't do him like that. I was like, hey, Quay, you want to play some? I passed the ox to Quay Global. He played one beat, and Quavo and Yellow Beezy made back at it again. Yeah, I would have probably never went home. I would have went home. <laughs> and I was just like, you was wilding out, bro. Oh, man. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe the beats I was making back then wasn't it, but I don't know. Like, you know what I'm saying? I feel like everybody got his day. That's why, like, yeah, if you play some days. beats for artists, they don't like them. It don't really mean nothing. You just got to go back in and cook up and just. You gotta just keep it going. Yeah, like that's tough, but I would have. Uh, <laughs> I would have drove back home. Like, yeah, I'm moving back to Virginia, man. It's a wrap. <laughs> so I, drove, I drove back home. Like, oh, I'm about to cook up a thirty clip. Man. Like, I'm that's how. That's right. the way to go about it, though. Yeah. That's how you go about it. So we got this segment called Overrated Underrated. We give you a topic and you say which one it is and why. So the first one is collabs, paying for collabs. I say underrated for real because what's crazy is that. Uh, I heard that uh, OZ paid Foreign Tech for a collab, and that's how they linked up. And OZ is like the biggest producer in the world right now. So that's how he got a uh, got into it, and he met Meek Mill and started working with everybody. Like, I feel like it's underrated. I feel like you can pay for a collab. Trust me, if you send a hard collab, that producer gonna be like, "Who's that? Like, I, I want to work with you." 
Do you do paid collabs? Rarely, like if somebody hit me up, like I don't like post like collabs, like you know what I'm saying. But if somebody hit me up, like I'm trying to pay, I'm mean, I probably wouldn't say no. I don't really say no to no money for real. I just feel like my thing when it comes to that, I just feel like small producers that don't have no placements for real, for real. Like if you don't have no big placements, you shouldn't be doing like paid collabs because like you selling these people a dream. Not necessarily for real though, because Deco, my boy Deco, I did walk and talk and sleep with him. He paid Sunny Digital five hundred dollars. His and he was in eleventh grade. No, I'm saying like the smaller producers charging people. Or paid collabs and they don't really have no placement. Oh themselves. yeah, that's like, why, yeah, I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, that's lazy. But if it's like somebody who's lit, like a Sunny Digital, like that's worth that's worth paying. Yeah, for sure, for sure. What do y'all have to What do y'all have to say about like a producer that's a, that has no brand and they're trying to pay for collabs and they're let's say that collab is five hundred, they think that five hundred dollars is gonna change their life. What do y'all got to say about that? Could though. It could or it couldn't. It, could it just depends on yeah. that. It depends on that. Crazy, crazy, and then I add to it and I send it to Quavo and he make a hit on it. It was worth that five. I just hate niggas that be like guaranteed placement. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you do one, if you make one collab and this nigga is sending out 30 beats a week, the probability is super low. I feel it like is low. People it is low balling that. You know what I'm saying? Expecting a lot from a little bit. Nah, facts. I mean, I guess it's kind of like you just got to bet on yourself for real, for real. I can't yeah, say it's sure. a bad idea or a good idea. I think it's kind of like in the middle, for real. I ain't never paid nobody for a collab. I'll say that. I feel like the approach is important too, because like, just imagine, like, you at the beat battle yesterday and the producer walks up to you and be like, yo, my name is, you know, Timmy on the beat, what's good with you? I got a thousand in-person collab, like, can we set something up for tomorrow? You'll probably take them, like, way more seriously than the Instagram saying, yo, how much for a collab? You say your price and he leave you on red. You no, me? literally. Yeah. Niggas be like, are you going to place it? <laughs> you know hey, so, like, talk about that real quick. Like, when you work with loop makers and stuff and you get stuff placed, like, do they be on your back, like, every day? Yo, where's the record at? Yo, I ain't get my paperwork yet. Like, what's good? Uh, no, nah, not really, but I will say, rest in peace, Marlo. Uh, somebody paid me for a collab and sent Marlo the beat, and he got on it. And it's on one of his mixtapes. So, like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, kind of like a probability game, like you said. Mm. Yeah. All right, so overrated, underrated, making beats in the studio from scratch. Now, the reason why I bring this up, because I know a lot of producers be like, yeah, I'm in the studio, I bring up loops, because the artist ain't trying to sit there for 30 minutes and watch me cook up, you know what I'm saying? The loop, but I seen you do it from scratch, and you did that shit in like 20 minutes. So like, yeah, nah, I've I done it before, and then like, I ain't gonna lie. Once, sometimes like me and Quavo be cooking up. Like at QC, we made a couple beats. He made some songs to him and stuff too. So it kind of just be on the vibe of the artist. Like I feel like if the artist ain't really trying to sit there and watch you go through a whole bunch of chord progression, and then find the right sound, and then put the right drums on it, then by that time, now they gotta record it. So you know what I'm saying? Now you two, three hours in, and y'all done made one song, or if you just bring some beats, you know what I'm saying? Y'all can knock out four songs in the same amount of time. So it kind of depends. So what artists do like cooking up with like in the studio? Me and Party Next Door, we actually just made made a beat. Me, him, and G-Rai, we cooked up a beat from scratch in the studio right. in LA. And he made a song to it. And I don't want to speak too much on it, but it, it's definitely, it's getting mixed and mastered. It's on the way. So, that's I mean, right. it, it just depends on I for him. You ever work with Ty Dolla Sign? Yeah, that's my boy. Where, Where the music at? We need to hear that. <laughs> it's on Madden Soundtrack. Okay, bet. Yeah. It process crazy, bro. Super crazy. Because he made beats too. Yeah, like, yeah, that nigga's super crazy. I was in LA and we did a session with him. I ain't even no nigga made beats, bro. Yeah. Bro was like, yeah, Yo, you got Nexus? I'm like, man, what the fuck you know about Nexus? <laughs> That's like, crazy. That shit was crazy. Now he been making beats. Like, he was making beats back in the day with like mustard and all oh, that. Oh, he, like, he said he taught mustard, like, low key some of that shit. Damn, yeah, that's hard. He played guitar and stuff too. Like, he's super talented. I feel like, I feel like Ty Dollar Sign, like the parsley of the industry, like, you sprinkle Ty Dollar Sign right on top of a song, like, the song gonna go crazy. What y'all think? Yeah, nah, hey, fast, remember though. that old oh, that, that song he did with YG tooting and booted. That shit. No, literally without him, that song. Yeah, I, that shit was. Don't say the parsley thing. Don't do it like I that though. 
No, he like, you hits, know. Though. I know they be saying that on Twitter. Like, I was parsley, that. like, you know. It, yeah, like you it, sprinkle it on yeah, there. Yeah, it just make it finish. It make everything yeah. finish. Like, but, like, when complete. I hear him, like, just on, like, the ad-libs of a song, I'd be like, you might as well just game a verse, though. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like he kill every he's song hard. he be yeah, on. Yeah, he gonna kill everything yeah. he on. All right, so overrated, underrated. It's the last one. Beat battles. Now, this for everybody. We gotta let Mimi answer this. Definitely underrated. Because, <laughs> I mean, this is where you find, like, most producers, like, DB, like, he, t- he gonna tell you about this in every interview. Like, that's one thing I love about DB. He real humble. He gonna tell you in every interview, like, he's where he is right now because of beat battles. And that's why I do beat battles because I want people to be able to say, like, yeah, I got my start in a beat battle. Like, somebody saw me in a beat battle. Like, I wanna give young producers that opportunity to be seen by producers that they will never see. Like, if you watch the documentary for the first Unbeatable, like, there's a, a boy in there, like, one of the contestants, he said, never in my life would I ever have thought that I would be able to play beats for Buddha Bless. TNT, 30 Rock, Ant Chamberlain, and Cheese, like never in my life. Actually, no, I think beat battles dope. I think Twisted Genius be, I think he said that he did a couple beat battles too before he got on. He did. Yeah, so I think I think it's a dope experience. I think you get to hear a lot of things. And I think the most important part of the beat battles is networking too. Yeah. Thanks. You got that's the thing though. I feel like a beat battle not gonna be beneficial to you if you don't know how to network. You gotta know how to move around in that room. Hell exactly. Yeah. Talk to everybody. <laughs> but me and Wabby was just talking about that in the car, bro. This dude named Larry. We talked about him in the last interview, said your beat battle. I know exactly who you talking about. <laughs> <laughs> now, who beat battle was it? I think it was Twisted Beat Battle. Not chose just the one before that. Twisted Beat Battle. He went up to uh so every time we go to a beat battle, Brad would have like a stack of business cards. He don't care who you is, bro. Like and he'll he's go up to me and JB like... and be like, hey, who important in here I need to talk to? And Brad would just pass out the cards. But at Twisted Beat Battle, he went up to Chi Chi, bro. Shit was funny in here. He went up to Chi Chi, he was like, Yeah, man. Um, he was like, oh, here's my business card. I um uh, I make beats or whatever. I think Section 8 was like, nah, it's some shit. I forgot exactly what happened. Section 8 was like, nah, it's some shit. And then he said he gave one to Chi-Chi, and then Chi-Chi gave it to somebody else's shit. And niggas just keep pushing. But like, I don't know. I feel like with some producers, but like, with they self-esteem, when shit like that happens, they'll be like, damn, I don't even want to fuck with you type shit. Or like, I don't even want to walk up to nobody. I be having moments like that too, where I'll sit there and be like, yeah, bro, let me go talk to him. But I'll let the nigga just walk on by without even introducing myself. So I feel like that's the thing like producers really need to work on, like the self-esteem and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. One thing about him though, he gonna keep going. I'm saying Larry don't give yeah. a damn, bro. He don't. Yeah. He don't Anybody. care. He gonna keep going. He ain't woke up to you yet. I don't think he so. has to. You probably just don't remember. He <laughs> yeah, had to. Like, yeah, he I was, don't I miss. Was lit last night. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> Before we get into the rest of the interview, I want to talk to you about BeatStars. If you don't know what BeatStars is, BeatStars is the world's number one digital marketplace to sell beats. This is something that Ant Chamberlain and TNT don't use to make a living selling beats online. BeatStars allows producers to sell their products worldwide. Beats, kits, loops, graphic design, video editing. I'm talking about any type of services. Top artists could come and buy your beats. For example, Lil Nas X, Old Town Road is actually a beat that was brought from BeatStars. Other year, independent artists, A&R, manager, there are a million beats on BeatStars available for you in any style. If you're an artist that watch our interviews, you could buy beats on here at very low rates. And you could also buy exclusive beats all to yourself. And if you're a producer, you should know goddamn well BeatStars is the perfect place for you. So after this interview, make sure you sign up for BeatStars.com by typing in BeatStars.com slash PG. And BeatStars is not that hard at all. BeatStars is very usually friendly so where you can make your page and account just like that. And then on top of that, right now, you can get one free month of premium membership for you to open up your own virtual music store using code PRODUCERGRAM. Alright, let's get back to this interview. Alright, so let's talk about neutral records like what is it right, so that's like a collective like me and my brothers like and we kind of just like collab together very frequently like it's so many of us i don't even want to like say all everybody names and miss somebody but like it's just like a lot of us and like we kind of just like use it like as a family unit to like go into the industry instead of like everybody trying to be like individually out here because i feel like that's how a lot of people approach it 
But I feel like we kind of approach it as like a gang. Like we kind of send everybody collabs. We get group messages, send each other loops, drum kits. Oh, you got this VST, this hard. Like we kind of just try to like help each other out every day. That's how it's supposed to be though, you know? Yeah. So you gotta for, work as a team. For like a producer that wants to work with Nutra Records or like get your attention, like how would they go about that? You just got to send me stuff. I, you got to catch my attention for real. Like, you know what I'm saying? I kind of have found a couple people like that don't even live in Atlanta. Like, I got a producer in Houston named John Z. I got a producer that lives in the country. I don't even know what the name of it is. His name Joey Joe. He crazy. Like, I think it's just all about just networking and just sending me stuff and sending other people things. And like, you know, I done found some dope producers through uh, Mono, who y'all just did an interview with. And, uh, we just signed him together. His name X Y. Shout He's out, super bro. dope. That's hard. Yeah. So can I send you something? You're crazy. Yeah, yeah. You, you make loops, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. yeah. Like send it, me yeah. some. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. You don't believe in me? That's crazy. Know, she man. definitely um, use an arcade and make some loops, man. <laughs> 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 Damn. You ever think they gonna have like a beat making AI, bro? I seen one. Y'all ain't seen that beat monkey shit? No. It's like What's yellow. That? Bro, a producer pulled up on me. He, he literally, it's a VST. It make all the drum patterns like, literally, it just make. Let me go download that. Is that by Unison, bro? Yeah, let me go yeah, download like, that. Bro, let me go download that. It's called Beat Monkey or some shit. I know. It right. Crazy patterns. It just niggas is clicking. I, I ain't gonna lie. I think that shit really cheating. Unison hard though. Not too much on them. They hard. What's Unison? Unison. I fuck with you. It's like a whole bunch of midis, like chord yeah. progressions and stuff like that. It's a VST. No, nah, it's just like a, a big ass like hit full of midi files. Yeah, they got some crazy ads. Yeah, they got some. They it's hard like, though. Hey, 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 be federal, bro. Like, if you click on it one time though, you gonna see it three days a week. Dude, they was one of the sponsors of the beat battle, bro. Yeah. Oh, that's why. That's why you shout them out. Like that. Shout out Unison. Okay. So let's talk about that. You know music there, like you play, right? Yeah. I remember watching this twenty. It was like twenty feet. It was some vlog, bro. I had to be in high school when this shit came out, bro. You did like this gospel, bro. What's the um? What's the channel that used to do like the uh the cookups, bro? It was like hood something. Oh. uh... What was it? Called? I know exactly what you're talking about. They used to pull up QCOD. Hood song. I know. I know. I remember uh, it was like you murdered and skipper one time. I, I know what you're talking about. Um, but you did damn. some shit. It was like a gospel sale. I seen you playing keys or whatever. Like that shit was hard. So like, just talk about like you being a musician and how important that is. So, uh, rest in peace, my grandfather. He taught me how to play piano. So like, he made me pick an instrument when I was young. So I played. That's what really got me in like band and marching band and everything. So like, I kind of been making music my whole life and he just put piano in me and like I just been practicing forever so I think it's very important for me personally because like when I make beats I personally like really don't click in like synth bass lines and stuff like I usually like play them and make them sound like a little bit more live or like I try to do some live bass lines and like now I'm trying to learn how to play guitar that's kind of like the what I'm on right now. So keys the only instrument that you play? Um, I play saxophone and clarinet and percussion and I, I play know. drum set my senior year. You play uh, clarinet, bro? Or like Squidward, bro. <laughs> I played the violin, if that counts for something. For real. What, what grade did you play clarinet in? For real? I played clarinet in the seventh grade, and then I was like, this is not for me. And I went to saxophone. Damn, what was wrong with the clarinet? It's just like all the girls was in clarinet. So I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go saxophone, eighth grade. And then I switched to saxophone. And then I swear, shout out to my brother, Nick Cannon. Drumline came out, and then I went straight percussion. As soon as that motherfucker came out. Damn, that's crazy. I be hearing people say that, but I'm young as hell. So when I was seeing them, when I was young, I was just like, these niggas, what's they doing in drumline? I ain't gonna count, niggas bro. Niggas be saying it. Like, yeah, I played snare and drumline like, real, like for two years, and then I played drum set one year, and then. I ain't gonna count, man. 
play clarinet for you, but I was trying to get out that shit. That's not burning. Don't let me get out. Yo, my band director didn't want me to switch, but I was like, yo, I want to play my band director put me on clarinet and I couldn't do it like I wasn't fucking with it so that's why he was just like fuck it you can play the violin I was the only violinist in my music class like I used to be in my own separate room that's wild as hell yeah Mm. yeah because most girls play clarinet or flute like usually and then like mostly the guys you playing like tuba saxophone baritone type on yeah so like for a producer that wants to learn like music theory like how would they go about it just learning how to play some so um, music theory, I don't know. I feel like I just kind of just like play from ear for real, for real. I know how to read music because of band though. But I feel like uh, with guitar, I'm doing a lot of YouTube stuff, like looking up stuff on YouTube. But I'm thinking about getting a tutor too, but I feel like YouTube and like the internet is just kind of like a great way to just learn. So like what's your process though? Like just run me through it. So like let's say a loop playing, like you figure out like what's the key first, like the scale. Like do you know your skills? Like, yeah. So you like figure out the scale and then like you just work your way from there. Like kind of like run me through it a little bit. Like if I hear a loop, like I don't know, I kind of like be real creative. Whatever I hear a loop, I might not like the low end in it, or I might just like the vocals in it, or I might like some in it. So I might just EQ it to how I like it, and then I I can play by ear. So like I just click through the piano, find it, find some chords I like over it, and then uh, I usually do music first and then drums. But like I've seen a lot of like videos with Zaytoven, and like he do the drums first and the 808s first, and he be making crazy stuff too. So I'm like, I'm thinking about trying to like start doing some stuff with drums first. Try something new. See how to bounce. Yeah, if you pop the bounce off first, then play to the bounce. See how that it's goes. Hard. That'd I don't be hard. I really do that a lot. I ain't gonna lie. That's how he's to make loop kits. Let's I do a lot of pickup with that. Let's do that. Let's do it for sure. That'd yeah, be hard. outside of FL. Yeah, uh, my boy Dre and Golden Child, they be using Ableton, so they they made me download on my computer. Uh, so I've been I've been mm. working with Ableton, bro. I ain't gonna lie. The sound design on it is crazy. The way you can Shout stretch out stuff. Yeah, Ableton hard. hard though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He he hard as hell. Ableton crazy. So I got to ask you, what do you think your biggest hit is? Like, not what anybody else think. Like, you personally, what do you think your biggest hit is? Walk and talk it, for sure. Walk it like I talk it. That shit hard, yeah, though. That shit hard. Like, just in terms of, like, being in commercial and shit, that shit still be getting synced now, so. Yeah, that shit was yeah. going crazy. Like, my freshman year of college, like, it was playing the fuck out that song. I remember you talking about, uh, didn't you say they didn't want the track out? You mixed the beat, and you just, that was it? Yeah, like the, they had hit me for the stems and stuff, and then Quavo was like, "I sent the stems," and then like he got mixed, and then uh, he was just like, "You know, we just gonna go with the two track." I think he just liked the rawness of it, like how it felt. Who are some of your favorite producers to work with? And why? Favorite producers to work with? I'm gonna say everybody in neutral because that's like a no brainer, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, of course. That's easy. But outside of the game, um, I like to work with Hitmaker, uh, my brother G Rye. Hitmaker. Yeah, bad, like, I do that shit all the time. Bless. Yeah, it's a lot of them for real. Who the hard, bro? Who would you crazy. say you learned? Who would you say you learned the most from? Like, who really like just added some sauce to your shit? Um, I would have to say my boy Deco. Like mm. when I met Deco, like I feel like me, me and him was both working with OG Mako, so he kind of like linked us together when we started going to QC and stuff. And I think he taught me the most about like mixing and like uh, VSTs. I didn't even have Omnisphere back then. Like he introduced me to like Omnisphere and a lot. I was still using like Citrus and shit. Like he kind of just put me onto like, oh no, nah, there's contact and these other things, and you just gotta pay for that shit. But that the, like getting those sounds made my beats like ninety million times better. That's hard. Wait, so I gotta ask you: Are there any producers you don't like working with? <laughs> Damn, oh, it's a hot seat. Like, you know, I gotta get to the nitty gritty though. Like, come on, man. 
Nah. Not the forehead scratch. <laughs> I ain't never worked with I wouldn't work with a producer I want to work with, though. It wouldn't even make no sense. But since we on shit that we don't like, man, let's talk about the business side. So, like, talk about, like, fucked up situations you've been in and how you overcame. That's a good one. Sure. I ain't going to talk about no specific situation, but what I will say is that if you send me a loop, right, and I work on it, go crazy on it, throw some drums on it, manipulate the loop, play chords over it, then I use my network to get it placed. Whatever the business that we do, like, be very cognizant that I feel like as much as I appreciate you sending me the music and, you know, I feel like you helped the situation as well. Like, you got to let me lead on the business. Like, don't be getting an email threads and saying, oh, but I made the music. I deserve this and that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we should just, you know what I'm saying, have a business conversation and, like, go through it like that. So do you do even splits with loop makers or do you feel like because you did all of that work and got a place, like, you feel like you should get a bigger percentage and a bigger advance? Uh, normally, I do do... Uh, even splits, but I will say if I take a three second clip of your loop and I gross beat it and half time it and play chords over it and put drums on it and get it placed, it might not be even splits because you I can barely hear what you did. Yeah, that's but fair, I though. still am such an honest person that I would still let you be a part of the record. But like you know what I'm saying, there just has to be a fairness to all business. Yeah, that's fair. What are like some other red flags you deal with? You don't have to be with just like networking with producers, it's like red flags overall. Um, bad bins and stuff like that for sure like getting an email thread saying oh this should be this and that I hate that and then I'll say sending me loops misleading me like you made it by yourself and you made it with four people that's also a pet peeve of mine I don't mind if you made it no, with, with somebody else but like just inform me you know what I'm saying put their name on the loop or like let me know I don't want to use your loop and then like we go to do the business and you're like oh I made this with my uncle and my father and my little sister <laughs> it's like that's crazy. Like, <laughs> like I have no like problem with, with sample makers. Like I love sample makers. It's just like sometimes like it would send samples and it, it would be like a whole sample chopping in one time, bro. Like, I remember one time like I got cursed out cause I got this beat paste and got down. Nigga text me was like, bro, I told you dumb about using samples, bro. Stop using samples. I'm like, bro, it's not a sample, bro. Bro, send me the loop. And it was a whole R. Kelly song, bro. And I hit bro and I was like, yo, this a sample? He was like, yeah, yeah it's a sample. And I'm like, yeah, it just sound like you put a phase on it and pissed it up 300 cent. And then I got this other account DM me on Instagram talking about, yo, I made the loop with bro too. And I was just like. <laughs> so it's a sample and then it's two people, three people yeah, on you it. Feel me? Like, like, it's nothing wrong with that. Like if it's a hard loop and I see three people on it, I might not, but I might use it. It just really sure. depends. But How hard? <laughs> you got to you gotta tell me that though. You feel me? Yeah. Like, I can't, nah, these can't backtrack like that. It's dead, bro. So I'm like. Sure. Instead of coming like down on loop makers, like what advice would y'all just give loop makers? Like, just be, just be, just be straight up. Make the business easy. Be straight up. I know plenty of hard loop makers, and it'd be like three of them folding them. Like, I know if I'm gonna work with this dude, it's probably like three other niggas that's on here that I'm gonna work with. But it's like, just be straight up, bro. Like, there's no problem with five, ten people. Like, think of it like Drake, Michael Jackson. Bro, when these niggas drop song, Travis Scott, they be having like 20 people okay. on there. You feel me? Yeah, so, yeah. It's no problem with that. It's just the fact that. Loop makers, like, y'all gotta be honest. Some of y'all niggas be a little shady with it. Like, y'all would literally send a loop and it'll have, like, two extra people or it'd be a sample chop in there. Like, nah, bro, just, you feel me? Cause, okay, so we did an interview with London J and bro was talking about, like, bro, these labels, they they is, like, scammers. They just legally do it. So, like, we're trying to work with these people. Like, labels want to work with people who do good business. Mm -hmm. So, like, let's say all four of us made a beat together, right? And you asking for... 
let's say you say it's 10K, like we get the placement through you. So you asking for 10K, but JB asking for 12, she asking for 15. And I said, man, I want 30. I'm feeling like Southside. You feel me? Like <laughs> the label not going to work yeah. with us again. Like everybody got to be on the same team. And that's yeah. just things I don't think simple makers think about. And I don't think it's their problem either. Like, because at the end of the day, they don't know the business. Like you do the business every day. Mm-hmm. Like we do the business you every day. It. But, you know, they at home, they don't know about us. I just feel like we need to have like an educated video mm-hmm. and just really put out like facts and education on how to go about the business and it just be straight. I don't blame simple makers. It's that they don't really know. Once they know, Okay, I know I do it like this this time. Like some seven records, yeah, they went true. through that. You feel me? So that's what I think. Of. I don't know how y'all feel. So while we talking about the negatives, like what you think are like some do's and don'ts of you for like studio etiquette? A studio etiquette, I feel like just don't be doing too much. Like I will say, like if you don't know the artist, I wouldn't just be in that motherfucker just flicking up and taking pictures of the nigga, like all the extra shit. Like, yeah, I don't see niggas fact. be like, hey, bro, chill. Like you know what I'm saying? You don't want to be that guy. And kind of just coming there, just ready to work for real, like. You know what I'm saying? Like, me personally, I be drinking, smoking, doing everything. But, like, you know what I'm saying? You don't want to come in there too lit. You want to come in there, like, you know what I'm saying, with a good mind in your head, ready to work. Give us your starter kit, then, in the studio. What you bringing? Top five. Uh, number one, laptop. Sure. Two, Cosmigo. Ooh. Reposado? <laughs> yeah, you got to have a Reposado. Okay. Right there. Mm. And then that's really all I need to really just make a hit for it. That's like the, the combo. Is it a problem for like producers to be like too quiet in the studio? Like coming in there, you play the beat, probably said like two things. Is that mm. like a big problem or that's just like, that's your personality, that's what it is? I mean, I feel like it really just depends. Like, I mean, sometimes it works for people and then, you know what I'm saying? Like you got Pharrell and Chad Hugo, you know what I'm saying? They both dumb talented. Pharrell's the outspoken one that's going to be talking. And you got Chad Hugo, he kind of just, be chilling. Would, would you say you one of those people that's good at selling yourself? Like when you playing a beat, you're telling them what to say on the beat and you turn and dance into it and shit? I wouldn't say, I'm I'm personally not the guy that tries to like tell artists like what to say and like give words and stuff. Cause personally, like, I don't feel like I'm a songwriter. Like, so I don't really be doing that. But like, yeah, personally like selling myself. Yeah, like I'm the person that tries to like kind of make the studio lit, yeah. So what artists do you like working with? Uh, I said my favorite artist to probably work with is probably Chris Brown. Just cause like we be lit, like we be turning up, dancing. Light skin gang. Yeah. <laughs> no, we just be lit. Like, we just be at his crib. He got a crazy studio in his crib. We just be going up. Like, I don't know. We just be making five. We made like three, four songs one time. Then Jacquees pulled up. We made two more. That's like, we know. just be lit. Like, he be dancing, having a good time. Who got That's like the craziest studio set up? Y'all done seen before? Now, I ain't seen, I seen this nigga shit on Instagram, Ivory. Yeah, Ivory Scott. That, that shit, shit crazy. Like That's bro. Yeah, Ivory stuff. He ain't even ready. He got a basketball court, all type of stuff. And he making it himself, too. He crazy. He like... Damn, that's hard. Yeah, yeah he like an architect. Stupid. But right now, the craziest like production studio is my boy Tilly. Mm. Yeah, yeah, Tilly do yeah. have the best... Yeah. Tilly scene. has the craziest studio I've ever seen. When I was working with Tusi, like, Flip, that was one of the creep, mm-hmm. like people that he's, like, real connected with. So he always talked about Tilly, like, Tilly has, like, a fire setup. Like, if you don't know Tilly in the music industry, like, you don't really know. God, no. See, bro, she look like Guitar Center. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that nah, shit hard as fuck. everything you can imagine. Like, he mixing Gotta whole albums in there. And it's a garage that he turned into a into a studio. He got every keyboard you can imagine, every guitar you can imagine, every bass you can imagine. Just, I don't know, it's crazy. That's somebody you definitely got to, like, learn from, like, in this industry. Mm-hmm. For sure. You got a studio at the crib? Yeah, I got a home studio, you know. Just some cool shit? Or you just a... No, I went crazy on it. I went, um, what is their name? 
I want to shout him out. Uh, Twisted Genius put me on him. Uh, man, I got to figure it out. We're going to have to put it under the at name or something. But uh, he came and he put all the panels on my wall and everything. I think it's like Atlanta Studio Panels or something like that. But he came and he paneled out my whole crib. And then I got some... Uh, I just sold my Barefoots. So I got some new... I forgot what uh, speakers I got. But I got a whole bunch of new stuff in. I got like a Nord Stage, a Prophet X... And um, damn, I'm forgetting all my stuff in my house. But I got a third keyboard that's crazy too. I wish I could shout it out for producers because I feel like it's slept on. But I'm definitely getting the outboard gear. So I've been trying to like buy a lot of stuff for my home studio setup. I know Romano was telling us about the Prophet X. He said that's the one right there. Yeah, he stole it from me, man. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> oh, man. Like he, it's, at, it's at his house right now. He's been using it, but I'm letting him have it because he's been going crazy with it. I know it's, that's the, it's just a sampler, right? No, the North Stage is the, the red keyboard. It's like really heavy for pianos and roads and stuff like that, but it has some synths and stuff like that too. For sure. I just got into the synth world. Like, ah, man, once you summer, get into bro. it, you're going to get obsessed with it. But what, man? I don't know. I probably got like four, five now. So you went into like guitar pedals? Yeah, I got them connected and everything. But yeah, man, they can know the song, man. We yeah. just be <laughs> You know, I don't know what's going on. I'm telling you, like, I'll be, I be on it. So let's talk about like, working with like on the come up artists. One of the things that I seen that kind of caught me by surprise was um when was this like a year, year and a half ago was the album you did with DDG. So like talk about how that relationship came about. Yeah, so like one day my manager just hit me up. It was like, yo, uh, oh, I want you to go to the studio with this uh guy. He's on YouTube. He's starting to uh, make music and stuff like that. So I was like, bet. I pulled up and then we made a song. It was on his album. Then we kind of just kept in touch. And then like, you know what I'm saying? I was just sending him beats and he was just making songs and stuff. And I was like, bro, we should just do a whole tape. So we flew to Miami for like a week and a half and we just went crazy and we just kept making stuff. And then like, you know, he kind of used his network to get play, to uh, get features and I was using mine. And then like, I don't know, it just kind of just grew into something and just like, we were like, oh yeah, this is the one. And then we dropped it, like it definitely, it definitely went crazy. So like how important is it for like producers to stay on the lookout for that next artist or someone who has that potential, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you, you really just got to be cognizant, like pay attention to who really working hard and really trying to like get better and stuff. I could tell he was really working and I felt like we had a good vibe when we was working. And then while we was working on the album, he just randomly dropped Moonwalking and Calabasas and it just went crazy with Blueface. And it was like, damn, that's crazy. So it was like perfect timing. But it was like, if I never really locked in with him, we wouldn't have had the whole album that we was working on. So you kind of got to believe in stuff before everybody else does. So do you just like, lock in with every artist or like is there like do you get a feeling like I feel like I need to lock in with this person like I got to I feel you got to go off of what you really believe in so like I only work with artists I really believe in like I don't want to waste my time but like mm -hmm. if I feel like I really know you can make some dope music like I know to lock in what's some other like artists like underrated artists you working with right now uh, well I just signed an artist named Imani shout out to her she's super dope we just dropped a song with Cash Page called Fuck Alone and that's crazy. Y'all got to go check that out. That's something I've really been focused on, like trying to craft her album and stuff like that. And then like, um, that's hard. I've been con artists. I don't know if I've been working with too many recently. I've kind of been like locked in with like a lot of people that I've kind of been working with frequently. Well, let's switch it up, man. Let's talk about this real quick, man. What's, what's wrong with Diddy, bro? Bro, say R&B dead. R&B not dead at all. I feel like, I feel like people just gotta like tap into like a lot of the new R&B culture that's going on. Like me and Vito just dropped like a crazy album. That's some real R&B right there. Like I feel like 
I love Diddy and Bryson Tiller's song. Like, gotta move on. Like, yeah. I, listen, I listen to that every day. And I feel like there's just like a lot of stuff going on. Tink, you got Summer Walker, you got Jeremiah, Party Next Door, Chris Brown. I mean, I know like people be like, Chris Brown don't count because like he's been famous since we've been fucking 10 years old. He's been an RB legend. But I feel like you kind of just gotta look at it like, if you really love RB, you're gonna be tapped in. So I feel like we just gotta figure out a way to bring RB to the main stage. I don't think R&B is dead. What I will say is like R&B definitely changed like from the men ripping their shirts in the rain, like all of that. Like it's not the same R&B. Like I just feel like R&B just has a new sound. Like that's what I'll that say. Like, corny now, you feel me? <laughs> yeah, they, nowadays that's corny, but name? like that was real R&B. YK so. Osiris or something? Yeah, yeah man. They I, YK. I feel like nowadays... Everything music, corny oh, nowadays, yeah. yeah. Like, niggas is tough as hell. You know what I'm saying? That's you know, the problem. Even some R&B niggas tough. Like, I would tell Everybody want to be great. Like, macho. Niggas like, is drilling. I would Damn. tell people, man, Murder Rap got like two more years for this. Well, murder Rap? Yeah, that's two more years for it. Dial, it's definitely going to die. Nah, that yeah, and I the drill music. I don't think so. I, I think it's not oh, just called the fact that it's like, like I know with, with Philly, uh, it was on like DJ Academics. And he was posting. He was like, he named every gang and said, "You're getting locked up." Type shit. I feel oh. like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, bro. I just nah, feel like man. law enforcement. This like, deep, you got to pick or choose. You want to be a rapper or you want to do that? You feel me? Like, well, I, I know, know for sure drill is gonna die down soon. Like, I feel like, and don't fight me about this, but I feel like drill is ruining the art of sampling. They sampling every song and they putting these trash ass raps over it, like. I won't say that right there. I don't know about that. <laughs> that yeah, I, I, I hear that. You know what I hear that for sure. They definitely know a sound was on all these. I, I, drill. Saying, I used to like, dog drill. I used to be like, bro. Like, I heard the worst song, like, literally the worst verse I ever heard over somebody sampling Fantasia when I see you. Like, that's some shit you can't fuck up. That's a that's classic. Not, like, <laughs> hold on. That's not drill. That's like, that's like, it's drill, but it's not like that type of drill with a different drum. No, I'm talking about the New York drill. That's what oh. I'm talking about. Like, I thought, that's who did, I thought well, Fulio the did the Fantasia when I see you. No, I heard that. No, nah, yeah. I'm not talking about that one. I heard but that one, but I'm not talking that about was, that one. Like, he went crazy on that disc. Crazy? You heard that? No, nah, I haven't even heard that. So that's what I'm saying. I'm not talking about that yeah. song. We talking about, I'm, I'm talking about play, all I'm going to play it yeah. after. If you hate that one, you're going to hate this one. Really, for real? That boy Demon Seaman, boy. I'm going to play that one after. How y'all feel about... um? Like beef rap, you know what I'm saying? Like this is and mentioning niggas dead homies and shit. How you feel about that? Like, man, you heard what uh, I stay out of all that. I say we producers. You feel that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, how y'all feel about it? Y'all feel like that shit is cool to do it? Like, no, you heard what Boston Richie said. That's why niggas keep dying. Niggas keep dissing. Like, that shit lame as hell. Like, yeah, okay. I just feel like rap about other shit. Like, it's hella yeah. other shit to rap about. Personally, Thanks. like, what do you listen to? Like, when you in the car by yourself, what you playing in your whip? Right now. I'm on that Brent right now, that Brent Fires album, crazy. I'm, Brent I'm Hart, on that yeah. Chris Brown album for sure. Um, what else am I listening to? Uh, my brother Creshawn just dropped the EP. That one go crazy. Uh, I ain't gonna lie, I'm really an R&B guy. I be listening to an R&B and then for sure, I ain't gonna lie, I'm listening to that Young Boy Slime Mito. That shit go crazy. So what's some music that you listen to that like nobody would expect you to listen to? Um, I listen to like a lot of Panic at the Disco, Amorosa. It's like a lot of rock music too. Like I kind of grew up like during that phase. Like, you know what I'm saying? I had my little skateboard phase in high school too. Like, Same. yeah. <laughs> oh no, we're gonna have to enter that picture in the clip right there. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like I went through the, you know what I'm saying? That vibe too. I listen to everything, like, for real, for real. Was you uh you went through that phase where you was like jerking and shit, like new boys, you know what I'm saying? You for know sure. he did, he likes games. You know I did. <laughs> We were called Team Yike. We used to be drinking oh, in high no. school. <laughs> you had the group? Yeah, yeah, we had the group. We was going crazy in there. I ain't gonna lie. 
I went through all the little musical phases everybody went through in high school. It's crazy how like our parents just talk about this when we are teens and shit. And now like everybody older, we see it with the younger generation now. Shit, that shit crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, uh, that is crazy. That's wild. But like, how old are you? I'm 28. Damn. Yeah. No, I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to talk about though. I've been bringing this up in a lot of interviews, but I know like producers like me on 22. So like. I know, like me, I think, like, damn, if I'm not 25 and I ain't got really no motion going on with the placement shit, I'm kind of burnt. But that's the, because, like, you see 15, 16-year-olds walking in with, like, just plaques, you feel me? So, like, what's, like, the age limit as a producer? Even I know it's nothing no more. But what would you say? I ain't gonna lie. I started making beats in 10th grade, 2010. So, I ain't get on till I was, like, I ain't get with QC till I was 22. So, that's a good... Five years for real type vibe, like, you know what I'm saying? So it took me five years before I even started getting motion. I still was broke, you know what I'm saying? I still was just working. I was just getting like placements, like, but you know, it take money to get money from the placements and stuff like that. So like, it take a minute. I've been in this thing for 13 years, so I don't know. Like, I feel like there ain't no limit to no time. You kind of just got to get it when you get it. Cause 2 Chainz got famous when he was like, what, 30 something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he changed the name. Bro. Future older hell, that nigga like 38, 39, bro. Where yeah, he still have emotion. Yeah. Like, you kind of just can't put no time limit on it. Uh, I feel yeah, you that's not true. So for producers who want to improve on like their beats and stuff, what would you say? I would say like three problems you hear and like beats from like newer producers and stuff right now. I would say uh, one of the biggest things is mixing. And that's something that I started out when I first started making beats at FL Studio. Like I said, 2010. I don't even know what FL I was on, maybe eight, nine or something like that. Man, I ain't even put shit in the mixer. I was just making beats. Like I was just putting sounds together and just put them together. Like this shit probably sound crazy right now. So I think that mixing is probably like the biggest thing that will make your beat stand out. So do you do a lot of post-production? Um, I kind of mix as I go. So like, I kind of like, as I work on the sound, I kind of like try to like cohesively make everything make sense. Mm. So what's that process like? Just leveling, EQing, or you doing anything else? Yeah, I do a lot of EQs, pandering EQs, a lot of uh, reverbs, a lot of delays, a lot of uh, leveling with volumes too. Voluming is important too. So I know like with leveling, the drums kind of have to be like this clean drum that you don't really have to EQ. So who would you say got the best drum kits? BWB. Hmm. I think he got the best drum kits. I ain't gonna lie, that Briggs drum kit's crazy. Um... Who else? Foreign Tech, OZ, got a lot of dope drum kits and stuff. That's a lot of people for real. And then I ain't gonna lie, I've been going crazy with the splice drums too. I got a lot of crazy drums. I got a lot of reggaeton, dancehall stuff from there too. I ain't gonna count. Bridge got this one 808. Three. I know you're oh, talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. I ain't gonna yeah. speak on the air, but I know that 808, bro. That yeah, shit you hard, know, bro. that's the one. It's like the spins. You know how like the spins is like culturally, like I have so many hit songs with the spins 808. Bricks three, that shit getting like that. Like bro, we that just shit. did an uh, interview with DJ Spins, bro. Bro he said he didn't even make the eight hundred eight, bro. Yeah, he said he didn't make them. Damn, he said that's that thing came from like B Rex kid or something, and they oh, just wow. called it Spins or whatever. Oh, that's crazy, yeah. Cause that's one I ain't gonna lie. B Rex got some crazy drums too. Yeah, yeah shout out B Rex. Crazy drums, yeah. So like, talk about like leaving space for the artists, cause it's like a blurry line between this. I see a lot of producers that have like these simple, like real simple beats, and be like, I'm just leaving space for the artists, but. With your production, y'all have space for the artist, but the beat is still hard. So, like, how do you find the balance between it? I think I just try to, like, keep it open to the point where, like, it's not too many, like, lead or synth sounds that are, like, taken away from the artist's ability to be melodic on the beat. 
you know what I'm saying? They kind of have to be the lead of the beat. Mm. So I try to like not use too many, like too many melodies and stuff. Cause like, I kind of just like to get the chord progression going and then get the drums going. And then like, if I feel like it might need like a little extra, I might do that on like the second half of the hook. But like most of the time I try to like leave it real open. So, so you say you're not a songwriter, of course, but when you're making these beats and they like simple and shit like that, how do you make the beat in the artist's point of view? Some producers make beats that impress other producers with a whole bunch of crazy sounding shit. Even like tags, you know what I'm saying? Tags that sound like just crazy, you know what I'm saying? So how do you make beats from an artist's perspective, like knowing that there's space? Man, that shit called producer porn. When you try to just like make a beat that sound like some shit <laughs> that you know a nigga can't rap on, you just making a beat for yourself. <laughs> Producer porn. That's, that's, that that's new. What the hell? <laughs> that's different. Producer porn is some shit that all the producers that you gonna be like, this shit fire as fuck. What the hell? But the artist gonna be like, what the, what fuck, the fuck is this? I'm supposed to say okay. on this. Right? Like, that's, that's hard. hard. Like, that's hard. Okay. I know I was using this one 808, like the Chase the Money 808. So it's just real, like distorted, buzzy 808, right? So like, if you play like a beat battle, that shit hard. I remember I was in a session with somebody. I think I was in a session with, uh, what's her name? She on your team, Ricky. Yeah, yeah, the writer, yeah. Okay, I was in a session with her, and um, it was like a Memphis beat. It started off with the Spins 808, and then it went to the Chase the Money 808, and he did like some crazy rolls. Like, this shit <laughs> yeah. sounded like a machine gun. Yeah. So she gets to that part, and she was like, she came out the booth, she was like, can you take that out? And I got this kind of, I ain't got the FLP, where the fuck? Oh, hell and I was yeah. like, damn, bro, you feel me? I was like, yeah, I just gotta keep it simple. Like, can't See? go crazy with it. Yeah, you like feel all me? the rolls and all that extra shit, that shit hard, and sometimes it do work. But that's like producer porn to me. Like that's like shit that we know is fine. Cause it's like, damn, this nigga was going in when he was making a beat. Facts. But like to the artists, they can't really like comprehend how to hop mm -hmm. on it. Because mm -hmm. it's too much. It's too complex for them. Yeah. yeah. I see you don't overthink your beats too. Like I remember I was watching your Twitch one time and you was you were like five minutes on, and you were like, yeah, I'm bored of this. On to the next one. You'd be like, bro, I don't think about it. I'll come back to yeah. it later. No, nah, I don't be caring, bro. Like, I ain't <laughs> I ain't in no competition, bro. I just I be making music that I feel like people gonna fuck with. Like, that's all I be caring about. You still on Twitch? Nah, not for real. I mean, I still got it. I just ain't been on it so long. And when you get back on, listen, producers, this is the shit like this be gems, bro. Cause bro was on there. It's probably like, it's not too many people. It's a community on there, but bro, like you could just get something easily placed on there. Like I feel yeah. like producers just don't take advantage of every opportunity out there. Is what mm -hmm. I'm trying to say. I got three placements off Twitch, bro. Like a young boy, the DC Marvel joint, and there's some shit that ain't even out yet for real. Like two more that ain't even, they ain't come out yet, but they finna come out. Like I made that shit on Twitch. Like, and I got the video of it. That's Like hard. just to see, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, bro, I made this shit on Twitch. Like I literally gave y'all the email, sent me some loops, added to the loop and got it placed. You know what I'm saying? People missing out on them opportunities, bro. Like if I was an up and coming producer, I would be sitting there on Twitch, sending my loops every day, like to any producer that can get my shit placed. You know what I'm saying? It be people like that too though. Like it's, it's a oh, lot yeah, of these sure. kids out here. Those like, the ones gonna oh, no, win. Some oh, niggas sure. on it. <laughs> Those the ones that gonna it. win though. They be in my DMs and my email and my other email. They, I ain't gonna lie, I swear on my life. My girl just told me today, she was like, she on some T-Pain shit. She literally never goes to her request folder. She went to that shit. The first five was, hey, can I send some beats to OG Parker? Not they find your girl. Man. That's crazy. They own Damn, it. that's I'm crazy. <laughs> like they It'd be on some FBI shit too. <laughs> like, how do you get my email, insane. bro? You feel me? Yeah, like, that's like, crazy. They own it. I ain't gonna lie. You begin the DMs with like this thing like the screen recording the loop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not clicking that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I ain't listening. None of listen to my email. I hate when producers be like, can I send you beats? Like, bro. No, no. I don't wanna hear bro. I don't wanna hear As beats. As a producer, like, why would I want beats? Yeah, respectfully, I don't want to hear your beats, bro. If you're not just trying to send me some melodies that I can add to, I'm straight. And please don't send me no melodies with no drums. I don't want them. 
Speaking of show. opportunities, have you ever had like these bigger VST companies or like sponsor you and do affiliations and shit? Nah, not really. But uh, my brother Murder just dropped a VST. That shit was crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, um, I've been talking to some people. I wanna. I'm definitely about to drop a VST. Why are we talking about Brandon? Like, how do you? How did you brand yourself like as OG Parker? Like, people don't just know you like as the producer. Like people like your brand has an actual name and it has an actual meaning. Like, how did you get there? Yeah, like on some hell shit. Like my name was Pretty Boy Parker when I met OG Mako. <laughs> And then we were just like, like that's a light skin. That's so light skin. You see what I'm saying, right? It's so light skin. Too smooth. Too smooth. That's not gonna go. Like we can't. We gotta figure it out. So then we just like, oh, bet OG Parker. Like we just gonna change it. So I went to OG Parker, and then like, I feel like QC definitely helped me with a lot of my brand, and like, you know, kind of just being able to be around them, having a QC chain and stuff like that. But I feel like if you don't get that opportunity to kind of like brand with a label, kind of like June James got to do with TIG or stuff like that. I feel like it's just really about having a tag, um, merch, being outside. Like, I don't want to say that you have to just go to the club and do all this, but like, I feel like I met a lot of people, like, just, I'm outside. Like, I go, I fly to LA and work with this producer, work with this producer. Like, I kind of just like, try to like spread out my network. I feel like that's like really the most important part. So do you feel like you have to be professional on social media? Yeah, I think social media is like the most important thing for real, for real. You got to be posting like, some people like try to be like really elusive and like post once every five months. Like that doesn't work for most people, for real. So why are we on branding? Let's talk about tags real quick. I want to be in this topic back up. Cause like we hear a lot of producers with the same tags. And I feel like back in 2016, 2015, the tag was real like monumental. Cause you had like Metro booming and even your tag, I feel like is like a real hard tag. So just talk about that. Like the importance of having that tag and just being different. I feel like that's what producers like, I just need a tag now. Like, I don't even care what it sounds like. like. I just need a tag. But it's like, bro, like, I don't know. Like, you got to think of, like, Metro. Even Murder, I think Murder got the hardest tag. I ain't talking about um, the one. I ain't talking about the uh, the one he used now. I'm talking about, like, uh, what's it called, bro? The Murder. With Kodak, with Kodak on it. I ain't uh, even to teach how to get away with Murder and shit, and the beat yeah. just dropped. Like, nigga, that's uh, hard, bro. That is hard, yeah. Like, we need to go back to that. Yeah. Now, for sure, I feel like they kind of put the whole tag vibe on. And then, like, you know, one of my close friends is Hit Boy. And he mm, always yeah. be saying, like, Man, I feel like my brand would be way bigger if like I was putting Hit Boy, his Hit Boy tag now on niggas in Paris. Cause some people yeah. don't know he made niggas in Paris. Some people don't know he made the Rihanna shit. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like you gotta definitely like the tag thing is definitely very important. But the key, the tag can't be corny, man. Some of y'all mm-hmm. tags are crazy. And I would never put that shit on no beat with my tag <laughs> on that shit. I ain't gonna lie, I stopped saying like niggas asking my tag, I'd be like, bro. I haven't figured out my tag yet, bro. I got this shit from voicetags.com. Bro. Just, just let it go, bro. I think you got to wait till it's right time, for real. If, it, yeah. if, if you ain't confident in it, don't force it. Because some of these people tag, like, man, be sentences and, like, man, I heard so many crazy tags. I heard some crazy I feel like the shit. best tags is when somebody's making a song and they say the producer name, like, in a, in a verse or something, they just say something about the producer. A lot of people try to, like, create a tag. Like, just, it's not about just saying some shit. Like, I feel like the best tags are those, like, Somebody said it in the song, you need to go in the session and take it out. The organic you know tag, yeah, like it comes naturally, tag, like, yeah. I feel like that's why a lot of artists don't be fucking with tags. Like, we know Roddy hate tags. You can't send no beats without the tags. Well, probably that's probably with some producers, but like what Nav said in his recent song, nigga, like, if I hear a tag, I'll take it all, remake the beat. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's crazy. crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, this man, Nav, wild for that. That's bold, bro. All right, look out. So, like, on the last topic, like, what are three artists that you want to work with that you haven't worked with? Rihanna, 
Beyonce. And Drake. I feel like I got songs for Drake, but it's not his song. It'd be like Loyal or like Walk and Talk It. Like I want to have like a song, like Drake's song. Or solid, real Drake, like. Okay, I just got one question. I have to ask this, like, as a female in the industry, like, so one of your managers is a female. Like, did you intentionally want a female manager? Like, how do you feel about women in the music industry? Yeah, I actually have a female lawyer as well. And I think that um, women are, uh, they're really, like, involved and, like, naturally more caring. I'm not saying that uh, male managers aren't, but, like, it's just something like like I can tell that like they really care about a lot of things that I feel like sometimes males might not care about like so I love having a female manager like Melita's like you know what I'm saying we talk every single day so you know what I'm saying we every day we brainstorming on stuff as well as my, my uh, co-manager Steve-O but I definitely think that females are amazing in the music industry for sure I feel the I same did, way like cause like naturally like females just have more attention to detail and stuff you feel me just we do. yeah I, do. I would say smarter you know what I'm saying? I don't want nobody to take it to offense. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes smart. It's I feel true like males though. ain't like, serious sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like males ain't this serious, like ready to go get this shit. And also, like y'all, like he said, like y'all don't care about a lot of stuff. And I feel like that's what makes my beat battles different because because I'm a female, like I'm paying attention to the little stuff. Like when I was doing like gift bags and stuff, like Twisted and 30 was like, what you doing that for? Like, but it's just like the little details like that that provide an experience that people be like, nah, we gotta participate in Unbeatable. Like this is this mm. is what happened during Unbeatable. Like this is what I got. Like that's what I got out of it. Like, you know, you got to provide that experience. That's fine. But since we're on the topic, man, let's hold on, y'all. We're finna do the little Mimi interview real quick. What is like managing? Not Mimi interview. Do you manage artists? Do you manage any producers too? I do. Um, So I have this producer named Key Man. He, um, he's also an engineer. Like, he's working at the 4PF studio right now. He just got a K-Camp and Neo placement. Um, And then I just signed Cabana, which I knew that was coming. She just won two of my V-Battles. I had to sign her. So I'm managing her. And um, Ace Lex, that did Girl in My Dreams with Ride Wave. I've heard him A6 Yeah mm-hmm. So I got those three producers And then I got CEO Trail Who's my one and only artist Because he said I can't have no more <laughs> Yeah And then You know I do these uh, I do the interviews With producer culture And then yeah. So since we You just named a lot of stuff And this is a question For both of y'all How do y'all control On the scale of 1 to 10 Rate y'all time and uh, I might be bad at that I ain't gonna lie Ooh. I'm terrible I ain't gonna count I play the game a lot. I play a lot of Call of Duty. I do a lot of things that Facts. I could be definitely making beats instead, but I'll try to like put it together though. What you play Warzone or multiplayer? Surgeons, feel me? Okay. Let's, let's go ahead and I'm learning. I'm learning a little bit about the game. But with me, I'll say my time management is what makes it like work for me. Like I just know how to space everything out. Cause you know I also damn do it. I really do do a lot. I work at Lush Music Group too. I'm an AR at Lush Music Group. Um, and then I also have Unbeatable. So I feel like if I didn't have like proper time management, then I wouldn't be able to do everything that I want to do. So it's like, it's learning how to like balance that out. So what would y'all two say about producers and their time management? I know a lot of producers, they'll got their flex and be like, bro, I just made 50 beats on my hard drive today. But like, bro, did they leave your hard drive? Did they go to Gmail? That's what I'm saying. I'm the opposite of that. Like, I feel like it worked for some people. Like I done seen Zaytoven and Cassius J cook up a 10 pack. And I bet you somebody got on one of those. They probably did that in an hour. I make like two beats a day. I'm not that <laughs> guy. I be I chilling. You, I, mean, I work on what I like. I might work on some collabs. If somebody see me an idea, Smash David might be like, hey, yo, I just started some R&B stuff. I just sent it to you. I might work on that. And then I might pop something off by myself. I might make a loop. Go play the game. Like I kind of just do whatever feels right to me. I feel like you can't force it. Mm-hmm. 
But that's how you have to be, though. I feel like it's more of like a quality over quantity thing. Like sometimes you don't always need to be making beats. And I tell my producer this all the time, too. Like sometimes you need to just be listening to music to hear different sounds to think like, oh, damn, maybe I should try like this approach or maybe I should try these sounds. Like, damn, I ain't never heard this on a beat before. Let me try this instrument, you know? I feel like if you're going to have a immense amount of quality, you got to be efficient. So that means you collaborating. You can't just be exactly sitting out right. just... And then, like, I've been trying to take a lot of my time to learn new instruments. Like I said, I've been trying to learn how to play guitar and bass. So, like, I really can't just make 10 beats because, like, I've been trying to take, like, a couple days a week and just practice guitar. So you kind of just got to, like, play it how you feel it. So even though you're making, like, two beats a day, how often are you sending out and networking with people? Oh, I'm sending out beats every day. Mm -hmm. Like, I got a to-do list and, like, I got a big whiteboard in my room. And, like, I just go through it and, like, oh, this sounds crazy for Meg. Let me send it to her A&R. Oh, this sound crazy for Quavo. Let me send it to Quavo. Oh, I'm gonna send this to Chris, engineer. Da da da. Like that's kind of just how I do. Like I do that like damn near every day though. So like, there's a question for everybody. Like, just talk about, and this is the last one. Just talk about like making your own motion. I feel like a lot of producers sit at the crib and they'll be like, bro, I don't know how this nigga gonna find me to call my phone and get some work done. <laughs> yeah, it's not really like that. And it's it's like when I moved to Atlanta a year ago, that's something I realized too. Like I I thought okay, I could just go on Instagram and say I'm here, and niggas be like, oh TB, come on. But then I realized, like, damn, I got to be in front of niggas' face, so I want to work, follow up, and shit like that. I don't think a lot of producers know about that. Might have to hit somebody with a double text, bro. Like, people, you letting they probably get aside, bro. Like, mm -hmm. Sometimes I might not respond to you, and I really do want to work with you. I might just have Text. something going on. I might have just argued with my bitch. I mean, my girlfriend, I'm sorry. And fucking, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let's <laughs> be respectful. Yeah, I respect women. But, like, you know what I'm saying? You just never know what's going on, like, with somebody's life. So, like, you can't take a person, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't blow artists' phones up or nothing like that, but, like, you know what I'm saying? I might hit you like, hey, yo, I'm in I'm in LA. I can pull up on you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I can sing you something. You in the studio tomorrow. Like, you kind of just got to like, you know, just be respectful. Play it by ear. Facts. You definitely got to. A lot of people probably be so high. You know what I'm saying? Super high. You know, they won't spend money. You know what I'm saying? They won't go places. And I ain't going to pull up there. I ain't going to buy this. Like, sometimes buy your own studio session and invite people. You don't know what's going to happen. No, literally. Everybody just always looking for the gray area to succeed. You know what I'm saying? Nah. You can create emotion. I definitely feel like pride is like one of the biggest downfalls in this industry. Like, like shoot, like I didn't see producers come through to a trail session and like he ain't fuck with none of the beats, but that might not even be on you. It might just be like, you know, he just having one of those days. The thing is you got to come back the next day and like, shit, I got more beats for you. What's up? You know, you can just never give up. Like, I feel like if more producers was humble, they'll go further in this industry. No, nah, for sure. No, nah, I'll tell you, I was broke. I was in LA. I had $500. I went and got a haircut. That nigga said, shit, $50. I'm from Atlanta. I thought it was 15 I went down to 450 Couldn't even buy a flight home. But like, shit, like you said, I spent the money to go out there. And then I ended up networking and meeting this person and meeting this person. And it ended up paying off more than financially, I'll say. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes yeah. you got to, like, go down to your last dollar to figure it out. Like, you can't be scared to spend your bread either. Like, you got to figure it out. Yeah. And you can't be scared to try new things. Like, when I was putting this beat battle together... Like, my thing was like, damn, I'm not a producer. I'm not a DJ. People barely know me in the industry. Like, who's to say that people are actually going to sign up for my beat battle? But, like, that's why you gotta, That's when you got to start thinking outside the box. Like, that's when I got with Twisted. Twisted got a beat battle bet. Let me team up with him. Mind you, I, didn't, I never knew Twisted, like, before my beat battle. Like, I didn't know if he was going to say yes or no. But you have to take that leap. Like, you have to be willing to chase after your dreams and chase after what you want. And you got to know what you want. Hey, so this is random, but I know we did an interview with Don Cannon. He was talking about, like, old Atlanta versus new Atlanta. So the conversation came about because we were talking, like, where is Atlanta going? Where it, like, leading music and stuff. And he was talking about what he was saying, basically, like, 
Atlanta's like clicked up now. Like everybody has their own camps and stuff. It's not like how it used to be. Like y'all feel like that? Yeah, it's definitely like, you know what I'm saying? Like you kind of got like, everybody kind of got their vibe. You know what I'm saying? You got your QCYSL, you got, you know what I'm saying? Savage them, you got Lucci them, YFN, you got, everybody kind of got their set, but I feel like everybody kind of like come together too though. I don't feel like Atlanta like super separated though. Mm. I, I, f- I feel that now. Now that I can see it, it's, it's hella groups. I ain't gonna lie. It's hella groups. People be linking up still, but it's hella groups. I think, like, what it is, you just got to know how to move around. Because, I mean, it's hella groups, but, like, I wouldn't say that everybody's, like... I mean, people do be clicked up because, of course, you're going to be with your set group of friends, but, like, there are those people that's willing to, like, work with new producers. Like, Savage don't work with new producers. He don't work with new artists. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just have to know how to move around in the industry. That's really it. How long you been in Atlanta? Five years. Man, we need a Mimi interview, man. Next, <laughs> I ain't even gonna speak on that. That's coming next. Yeah, you gotta do it. We can do it now for sure. Let's do it. Any last advice you wanna give to the viewers here, producers, anybody? Yeah, keep God first, cook up every day. It's gonna happen. I didn't say cook up every day and say he make two beats. <laughs> I, I like say, that. I say cook up though. 10 beats. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Cook up your vibe. I feel you, man. It's a wrap, man. Appreciate everybody that tapped in. You know what I'm saying? Now we gotta get the cook up in, bro. When we gonna do that? Well, never, man. Let's do it. Let's do it. It's a wrap. I'll see you on the next episode, y'all.